Good morning. Merry Christmas to you guys. It is the reason why we gather, and that is to make much of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is a special occasion for us. Um, you know, Christmas falls on a Sunday morning. Um, you know, I, I hear of churches canceling service on Sunday morning so kids can open gifts and enjoy their family, and, um, but yet not, not come to church to make much of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, so first off, thank you guys for making this a priority. Um, this is not legalism. This is a sense of why we gather, right? To make much of Jesus. Uh, this is why we celebrate the season. We say this as Christians. Uh, the reason for the season is Jesus. Well, if it's Jesus, then we should gather to make much of his name. So thank you for being here. Thank you that we did not cancel service. Thank you that we are sharing about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So with that said, if you're a guest, welcome to First Baptist Church of Thibodeau. Uh, and members, just know we've been praying for you guys. So we will be focusing on the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Last week, we focused on Isaiah chapter 9, where we focused on the birth of Jesus, the unto us a son is given. Uh, we we focus on the fact that Jesus himself, his, his kingship, right? The government will be upon his shoulders. Uh, we focus on the names of Jesus, the wonderful names given to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And this morning, we will focus on Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. So please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. When you've arrived at the passage of Scripture, say, Word. Can you stand? We stand out of reverence <coughs> to God's holy and righteous word. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come the ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise man secretly, and ascertain from them what time the star had prepared, appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that had, they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Then opening the treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the word of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we are thankful again for your word. So speak to our hearts as we learn more about the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
he came to die. So we are thankful that he did not remain in the manger or on the cross or in the grave, but he has ascended, resurrected. He is in heaven, ruin on high. So as we celebrate Jesus, we celebrate a king, the king of kings and Lord of lords. So be with us. Teach us what we do not know. Make us what we are not and give us what we do not have. And God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. The title for today's sermon is The Magi, Herod, and the Messiah. We see the three characters within this passage of scripture. Charles Wesley, this is his famous little poem. He says, come to earth to taste our sadness. He whose glories knew no end. By his life he brings us gladness. Our redeemer, shepherd friend. Leaving riches without number. Born without, within a cattle stall. This, the everlasting wonder. Christ was born the Lord of all. Thankful for Wesley's words. And this is exactly what we have in the book of Matthew. Matthew here is depicting or sharing with us about the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now Matthew, in his account, he does that. Also Luke, in his account, he does the same. But Matthew's account is different. Matthew shares about the Magi's. He shares about the, 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 the Jesus having to flee to Egypt. He shares about Herod slaughtering children. He shares about Bethlehem. He shares about the religious leaders. And we notice Herod coming against Jesus. Matthew shares some really great stories here about our Lord Jesus Christ. And every single one of those stories point to the kingship of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is Matthew's main point. That Jesus is the king of kings. He is the, the king promised to us to save us from our sins. This morning, I want us to focus on three points within this narrative. Three simple points. One, we notice here the Magi's journey. We notice how they journey to find the star, to find Jesus Christ himself. We see this in verses 1 through 2. Two, Herod's jealousy. Notice how jealous Herod became in the text. Herod wanted them to worship him rather than worshiping Jesus. We see this in verses 3 through 8. And 3, Jesus' majesty. Jesus' majesty. We see this in verses 9 through 12. Notice with me point number 1, the, the Magi's journey. When you think about the Magi's in this story, the word Magi or the word magic comes from the word Magi. So you think of a magician. But do not think of a street magician like perhaps David Blaine, right? The Magi's were not magicians in that sense. The Magi's were astrologers. They studied the stars. So here the story tells us that the Magi's came from the east and they're going to find the Messiah, Jesus himself. But there are a few things that we must debunk about the Magi's before we share. I share with you what scripture says. Because there are a lot of myths concerning the Magi's. For example, one particular myth, the most popular of all the myths, is that there were three Magi's, right? So the nativity scene, we notice that there are three Magi's giving three gifts to Jesus. But if you notice very carefully in the narrative, 
it never mentioned the number of magis. There were perhaps 10 or 40 or 50, maybe 100. We don't know. But we know that the magis gave three gifts to Jesus. Another myth concerning the magis is that they believe, or, or, or some scholars believe, that the magis were three kings. And they know the names of the king. Melkon, Balsa, and Caspar. And they believe that the skulls of those magis are right now uh, in, in, in Rome. The Catholicism, they, they have the skulls of the magis. But friends, I want to share with you the story does not mention anything about the magi skulls or the magi that were kings or any of those things, right? What, what the narrative shares to us and with us is that the magis came to worship Jesus. What do we know about the magis here? One in particular, the first thing is we know geographically where they were. They were from the east, going to Jerusalem. Now, east of Bethlehem, we know of several areas there, right? Persia, Egypt, Babylon, right? All of those areas are to the east of Bethlehem. So perhaps they were from there. But nevertheless, they're leaving the east and they're traveling to Jerusalem. One of our favorite carol, Christmas carol, is the first Noel. And they got it wrong as well. In the first Noel, it says, they looked up and saw a star shining in the east beyond them far. No, they were from the east. They didn't have to look to the east. They're from the east. So they're looking to the west where Jesus was, right? They're looking to Bethlehem. So again, Scripture is informing us of where Jesus was. We don't have to fabricate stuff, man. All we have to do is turn to Scripture, and let Scripture inform us about Jesus. Do you really want to know about Jesus? Do you really want to know the, the, the main reason for the season? Well, well, turn to Scripture. Let Scripture inform you. So we know that they were from the East. Second, we know that they were high-ranking officials with power and influence. The word magi means powerful one. It indicates high position and influence. We see this specifically because when they went to Herod, Herod noticed that they were people of high position and influence. What else do we know about the Magis? They followed the star. They were astrologers following the star. Notice in verse 2 what it says to us. See for yourself in verse 2 of chapter 2. The text says this, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews. For we saw his star when it rose. So in God's design, sovereignty, and providence, he allowed a star to shine brightly in Jerusalem, in Bethlehem, where God was, where Jesus was. So from the east, they looked and they saw the star and they followed the star. Now, coming closer and don't miss this. Some people mention that this was a comet. This was a supernova, a star that probably exploded. So scientists are trying to say, well, this is what it is, this is what it is. But I want you to observe with me very carefully. And I really believe that this is the Shekinah glory of God. Because the star appeared when they made it to Jerusalem, it disappeared. 
Then it reappeared in Bethlehem and shining specifically on the house where Jesus was. This is not just any star. This is the Shekinah glory of God that these men saw. And God was leading them to Jesus Christ. Now, it is important to note that the star formed a part of Jewish messianic expectation. Don't, don't miss this. The Jews got this. They understood that the star would point to Jesus one day. Where, where are you getting this from, Kevin? In the book of Numbers specifically, it recounts the journey of God's people from Sinai to the edge of the promised land. And we notice very carefully that the king of the Moabites hated the Jews and wanted to destroy them. So he went to Balaam and he told Balaam to go and prophesy against the Jewish people. And as Balaam was going, he encountered a donkey that spoke to him and told him specifically of the oracles of God, that God is speaking. Do not curse God's people, but curse the Moabites. And in that specifically, Balaam prophesied. And in this prophecy, we see a prophecy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice very carefully. In Numbers chapter 24, verses 16 through 17, the oracle of him who hears the words of God and knows the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the vision of the Almighty, falling down with his eyes uncovered. There it is. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of the Moab and break down the sons of Sheth. Do you see it? Who is this? This is Jesus. So we have this great prophecy in the book of Numbers that this star will shine. This star will come. So the Jewish people understood that a star formed part of the Jewish messianic expectation. So here we have it. Instead, instead of Balaam going to Jerusalem, which Balaam here is from the east, going to the west, going to try to curse God's people, God says to him, no, bless my people. And now we find in the future, here is our Lord Jesus Christ in the west. Here are magis in the east going to the west to what? To bless our Lord. People say scripture is boring. <laughs> no. You see great prophecies in scripture. Making much of our Lord Jesus Christ. Even in the book of Numbers. A prophecy about our Lord Jesus Christ. So friends, what do we do? We have even more reason to make much of our Lord Jesus Christ. Than the Magi. And those in the book of Numbers. Than Jewish people. We have more reason for those of us who are genuinely saved to thank God that he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. We have even more reason today to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. So with that said, friends, notice with me the second point. We see the Magi's journey, but we also see Herod's jealousy. Herod's jealousy, we see it in verses 3 through 8. The Magi's arrived in Jerusalem, and Herod is the king. Herod is the king. 
But Herod was a very wicked, wicked king. A man who killed thousands, maybe perhaps hundreds and thousands of Jewish people. Bloodthirsty man. This is the same man that killed his wife and killed his children because he felt threatened that they wanted his throne. This is a very wicked, wicked man. So the Magi entered into Herod's palace and told Herod that they're here to see the king. Here's a jealous man. They're here to see a king. So automatically Herod's like, I'm the king. Why are you here to see another king, right? This is what he's thinking. So he told the Magi to go, find a king and come back and report. So I too may worship him. That was a lie, friends. Herod wanted to kill the Savior. And we'll find out later, when the Magi did not return, what did Herod do? Herod basically sent his soldiers to go and kill every child two years and under. He wanted to take Christ out of the picture completely. But see for yourself here what happens. The text tells us that Herod was jealous to some degree. But in verse 3, the text says he was disturbed. But not just Herod, it says all of Jerusalem. This broke my heart. Now, when Matthew says all of Jerusalem, he doesn't mean every single one of them in Jerusalem. How do you know this, Kevin? Because we know in the book of Luke, we had Anna the prophetess and Simeon who was awaiting the consolation of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there are people awaiting Jesus' birth. Like Jesus was going to come, right? So we know this in Scripture. So here, when it says Herod and all of Jerusalem, it's saying most of the people in Jerusalem were not awaiting the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're not awaiting that Jesus will come and save them. This is the same problem that we have today, friends. That so many people are sleeping. Do you think in Jesus' second return that there are many people awaiting Jesus, awaiting for him to come? Do you think? I don't think. Why? Because there's no preparation. None. Even in the church, I think we need to wake up and be prepared for the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we look at this text and we are tremendously disturbed that the people in Jerusalem were not awaiting Jesus' birth, Jesus coming and rescuing his people. But let's ask ourselves this question. Are you awaiting Jesus' second coming? He came once. He's coming again. So friends, we must be prepared. And here specifically, notice what's going on. Herod then went to the scribes. He went, he, he went to those who were handling the word of God to ask them about Jesus. Where in scripture does it say that Jesus will return or Jesus will come? When will the Messiah come? And he, he went to the scribes, those who are handling the word of God. But even those who are handling the word of God miss, miss the most important thing. That Jesus was going to come to save the sins of of mankind. Don't miss this, friends. Get this. Now, you know it is bad when worship leaders and preachers are disturbed by the arrival of the one that they are worshiping and preaching about. You know it's bad. So what must we do here? For those of us who are reading Scripture, know Scripture, we are called to apply Scripture as well. We are called to be prepared for his second coming. 
we are. Notice verse 5 with me. In verse 5, they knew of the birthplace of our Lord Jesus Christ, which they quote Micah chapter 5, verse 2. And Micah shares of this great king who will come and govern his people because the king in that time was horrible. But Jesus will come. That God promised a king who will come and shepherd his people. Notice very carefully what Micah chapter 5 verse 2 says. This is exactly what he quotes here. You see it. In verse 6, O you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means last among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler, here it is, who will shepherd my people. So Jesus is king, but he's also the shepherd. If you're taking notes, write this down. Jesus, who is reigning as king, is also ruling as shepherd. Jesus, who is reigning as king, is also ruling as shepherd. This is why we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Because he is ruling as king. Notice with me the third and final point. So we've learned about the Magi's. We've learned about Herod. And the most important of all, let's learn about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you see in verses 9 through 12, the Magi's finally made it to Jesus' home. And we see the majesty, the splendor that is portrayed here of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Notice verse 9 in your Bibles. Verse 9 and after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. Now, many times in the nativity scene, we see Jesus as a little baby in a manger. But here specifically, the word child in the Greek language is an older child. He's not just a little baby at this point. They walk in the house, and here is Jesus, perhaps a toddler. And this kind of helps us out a little bit because Herod, notice very carefully, when Herod sent word to kill all the children, notice the age from two on down. So the Greek word here portrays this perhaps a toddler. But Jesus is a, is a little toddler at this point, and the Magi finds Jesus... And they worship Jesus. They worshiped him. They bowed down and made much of him. Here are Gentile people. That God has given this, this sign to go and find the Messiah, Jesus himself. They found Jesus and they made much of Jesus. And I'm thankful because Matthew is a book primarily about Jewish Believers, Jewish people. And here Matthew is giving us a sign of how the Gentiles are grafted in. That the Gentiles were some of the first ones to see who Jesus truly is. To make much of Jesus. Notice very carefully, Matthew says, All of Jerusalem were disturbed. But not the Magi's. Not the Magi's who were Gentiles. God gave them insight to see who truly Jesus was. He was God. So they came to him and they worshiped him. But notice what they did. Three things that we must understand. They gave three gifts to Jesus that points to three main things about Jesus Christ. First, they gave him gold. 
which emphasizes Jesus' royalty. You see, gold considered, is considered the metal of kings. You give gold to a king. And what they're saying to Jesus is that you are a king. Maybe they didn't fully understand what they were doing, but they knew he was a king. It wasn't Herod, it was Jesus. Notice when they went to Herod, they didn't bow down to Herod. They didn't give gifts to Herod, but they bowed down to Jesus. And they gave gifts to Jesus. And the first gift they gave him was gold, royalty, the gift of a king. And throughout scripture, we, we, we see this. We have examples of this in Solomon and his great wealth, which is described in 1 Kings chapter 10. Gold is mentioned. In 10 verses, seven times gold is mentioned. Why? Because it's a gift of a king. In Psalm 45 verse 9, again it is mentioned. In Psalm 13, in Psalm 72 verse 15, 2 Kings chapter 5 verse 5, gold is connected to that of a king. And it fits Matthew's narrative perfectly because Matthew's whole point in the book of Matthew is to show you the kingship of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here he tells us the Gentiles are making much of Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Second, frankincense. What does it represent here? It, it, it really emphasizes Jesus' deity. In other words... It is the worship of God. Frankincense was used in the Old Testament to point to a sense of worshiping God. So every time they would, they would sacrifice an animal, every time they would enter into the holies of holies, they, they were called to, to be able to have frankincense as a sense of worship. So here we have it that they give Jesus frankincense to point towards Jesus' deity. Not only are you the king of kings, but you're God. <laughs> you are God. When it is used in the Old Testament, frankincense usually refers to something related to worship or service of God. We have examples of this in Exodus chapter 30, verse 34. Leviticus chapter 2, verse 1. Right? And finally, what did they give Jesus Myrrh. You see it in your own Bibles. And myrrh emphasized Jesus' humanity. So gold, his kingship, frankincense, his deity, myrrh, his humanity. Do you see it in your own Bibles? They gave him myrrh. It was a gift of death. That's what it was, a gift of death. As a matter of fact, I want you to observe with me very carefully. Jesus as a toddler, they gave him myrrh. Jesus on the cross, they gave him myrrh. In the Gospel of John, or the Gospel of Matthew, it tells us when he was on the cross, they gave him myrrh mixed with wine. And then finally, we have in John chapter 19, verses 38 through 42, that Nicodemus used myrrh to prepare Jesus' body for burial. Here, here is the king, this king born to die. It is in his death that we find great life. So when they gave him myrrh, 
It's pointing to the death of our Lord Jesus Christ as well. The humanity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, did the Magi fully understand everything they were doing? Maybe not. Maybe not. But God did. <laughs> we do. We see it now on this side of the cross, seeing the great fulfillment that we see that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. We, we, we see in Scripture itself that Jesus is God. And we see that Jesus is fully human. I like what William Barclay says here. He says, gold for a king. Frankincense for a priest. Myrrh for one that was to die. These were the gifts of the wise man. And even at the cradle of Christ, they foretold that he was to be the true king, the perfect high priest, and in the end, the supreme savior of man. Friends, this is why you gathered this morning. Because God came and lived among man. His great Savior, who left his throne, who came, who lived, who died. We are serious about our Lord. To make much of his name. So as you go home, as you enjoy your family, think of this. That God left his throne to make you his family. You are now sons and daughters of Christ. If, if you have repented of your sins and trusted in Jesus as Lord and Savior. You can enjoy your earthly family, which you should. But think of Christ who has made you his family. So make much of our Lord Jesus Christ. Join me as we pray together. Father. Thank you for scripture. Thank you for the magis that represent us Gentiles here. We are grafted in that we can make much of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I pray God for this season that as we enjoy our family, as we think deeply about our family members, Maybe there's a sadness in our hearts because we've lost some family members. God, I pray that you give us a sense of rejoicing, thinking of Jesus Christ. That we are His. His sons, His daughters. We can worship Him and exalt Him. We understand who He is. We have even more reason to worship Jesus. But please, God, intensify our hearts to make much of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen, amen.